This is the Ned Group Investments Podcast, a space where you can learn more about our fund managers, the funds they manage, as well as getting up-to-date and important developments affecting the investment world and how they might be relevant to you. Sadly, we couldn't host our annual Treasurer's Conference this year, perhaps later in the year, or this may be the event to become the norm. Our Insights event will be informal. Hopefully, all the tech works today for the next hour. You have the speakers and all their buyers attached in the presentation sent to you yesterday. Negro Investments Cash Solutions is proud to say that during the lockdown period, we've continued to operate without any glitches, with our entire team working remotely. Our clients have been able to operate seamlessly in transacting with us on a daily basis via three ways, i.e. they've been scanning and email transactions to us or telephonically talking to us or via our online secure site. The secure site withdrawal functionality is used by many clients. We really encourage clients to use that online facility. We will be launching online deposits, which will happen later in June. Please try and use it and speak to any of our team members. During the period, we've continued to go our cash book. Our cash book has grown by excess of 25 billion year to date. We've done more than 350 billion rand worth of transactions, and that was up until the end of April. Our fund ratings, as you know, we have four funds, were all reaffirmed on the 1st of April, 19, uh, 2020. Our prime money market fund has got a triple A rating. Our core income fund has a double A rating. This fund currently sits at AAM of 51 billion. Our money market fund of 19 billion has got a double A plus rating. And our corporate money market fund with 46 billion of assets has a double A plus rating as well. Yields have still been very attractive, despite the 200 basis points cut earlier. Our expectation is that we're probably going to see another 50 points cut later this month. Just a reminder on the cash solutions proposition. Same-day value of funds. Obviously, it's a diversified asset base with 98% of all assets that we hold for clients sitting in the banks. Highly regulated instruments. The low cost of, of Bell to operate through us. And obviously, our cash desk is available at any time for people to transact. Just a reminder that, and we've got Phil and Gita on the line later from BlackRock, but any dollar demands can clearly be met to BlackRock. And we obviously still have a relationship with Ecoback for any African initiatives that we, our clients are looking for in terms of placing cash. That's pretty much all from me. My, co- my colleague, Sean Siegel, will be hosting the rest of the event. And I'd like to hand over to NetBank Chief Executive Mike Brown. Mike has always been available for us. Mike, we once again thank you for being available to stage. Uh, Mike's topic today is the banks and the financial systems they operate in. Great. Thanks, everybody. Good morning, and I hope you can hear me clearly. Uh, as Ian said, I'm sorry that this isn't the ninth edition of the actual Treasurer's Conference in, in Santon. Uh, I haven't missed one, and I'm sure this will be a really, really good substitute hopefully a bit like the Springbuck bomb squad at the World Cup off the bench. So as Ian said, in the next few minutes, I'm going to share some thoughts on the financial system and banks in the current environment. Much of this I'm sure you will all know, but hopefully I'll highlight some insights that, that you don't currently have. So let's just start with the financial and banking system in South Africa. I think just to reiterate, we're extremely fortunate to have a system in South Africa that works well and a system that's been tested in many crises and in all of these has performed better than most global banking systems under times of of stress. 
So why is that? What causes the system to work like it like it does? A, a number of points. I think firstly, we have and continue to be uh, a system that is well regulated. And I'm going to talk a little bit more later around the proactiveness of macro prudential regulation. But I think that's a foundation. A second foundation is that the system has been able to earn reasonable returns in a vanilla banking environment. So the system hasn't been forced into more and more exotic instruments or higher and higher degrees of leverage, both of which we know in times of stress generally cause, cause more challenges. The third uh, item is, is also an extremely important one. Exchange control has lots of negatives, but one of the major benefits of exchange control is that the RAND-based funding pool across the financial system in South Africa is a closed system and is balanced daily by the, the clearing banks and, and the reserve bank. So you just imagine how different that system is to being, for example, the treasurer of uh, a bank in, in Paris, a euro-denominated uh, environment. You, you don't know during that day whether the pool of euros is going to end up in you know, Paris, uh, Frankfurt, uh, Greece, wherever it might be. There's, you know, the, the money can move very quickly across jurisdictions and countries. Our money stays, stays stable. And, and we've seen that in every single financial crisis that, that I've certainly uh, had the, you know, oversight of. ABLE is, is a good one to think about. So you know what happened in ABLE? There was a lot of stress in the system. All that actually happened at the end of the day is the money that shifted out of, of ABLE eventually ended up back in the big clearing banks who put that money back at the Saab and that same money was effectively used in, in the bailout mechanism of, of ABLE. So that the stability of the overall RAND funding pool is absolutely vital. We have a banking association that is very effective on industry matters and that's been meeting weekly and works, and works well. And we have banks that work well together. Again, I think ABLE is a great example of that where we effectively created a resolution mechanism for ABLE before any of that existed from a legislative point of view. So in the current environment, we have the National Treasury, the Reserve Bank, the Financial Services Conduct Authority, and the Banking Association meeting weekly to discuss any topical issues. And the Reserve Bank is also meeting weekly with the treasurer, with the treasurers of the big five clearing banks. The Saab has been incredibly proactive on the regulatory front. And you see globally regulators responding proportionately to the circumstances. They're careful not to use all of their ammunition too early. So many of them still have other things that they can do. So what have we seen? You'll know most of these, but we've seen a reduction in the liquidity coverage ratios, the minimum of that from 100 to 80%. And that's not about the overall liquidity in the system. I said earlier that the RAND liquidity pool can't go anywhere. But in times of crisis, what you see is bank clients shifting their deposits to the shorter end of the yield curve, which is quite natural. They don't know when they're going to need them uh, for operational purposes, et cetera, et cetera. But then, you know, the, the reverse of that is obviously the tension in the dropping of interest rates and the steepness of, of the yield curve. But as deposits shift towards the shorter end of the yield curve, what that really means is banks have to hold more and more assets in what's called high quality liquid assets and all things being equal, less money available to support the real economy. So dropping the LCR effectively enables banks to be able to support the real economy and not have to put 
those excess deposits that come our way into, into high quality liquid assets. We've seen reductions in capital buffers. Capital in banks is built up in good times and we've done that and it is meant to be used in bad times. That's exactly what Kuben, the, the head of the Prudential Authority said. So you would expect to see the, the, those buffers that have been dropped enable banks to use that capital in these more difficult times. We've seen a guidance note on dividends, which is to preserve capital in the system. And we've seen a directive on restructuring of, of problem accounts, effectively saying that if, if somebody has an account that's up to date and it's only the COVID matters that are causing them to have cash flow challenges, when banks restructure those accounts, they don't have to move them down regulatory buckets. And when you move down regulatory buckets, it, it, it increases capital and you don't have to move them down in payment buckets if it's only COVID related. So it's an it's a attempt, as we see all over the world, to reduce what's called pro-cyclicality. And that applies across both our retail and corporate portfolios. And then this week, we saw the launch of the 200 billion Rand SME scheme. The first 100 billion of that was, was launched, which is really the national treasury acting through the Saab and using the commercial banks as a distribution mechanism for this intended to try and increase the velocity of money supply across the system. All of those loans that the banks make will be 100% funded through a special repo. So it will have no impact on the overall funding system. And the loss sharing arrangement has been agreed at 94% to National Treasury and 6% and to, to, to the banks. And there's still more in the regulator's armory in need. We've seen significant changes to the repo system. Now, this is complicated stuff that not many people follow, but it's important. The banks have to own high quality liquid assets in terms of our prudential requirements. And, and one of the things that we do with those is that we pledge them to the Saab to the extent that we have to participate in the repo mechanism. So what did we see happen? On the 20th of March, the Reserve Bank introduced two daily supplementary repos, one at 10 a.m. and one at 1 p.m., which was a really strong signal to say that the Saab is happy in this environment to inject liquidity into the system on an overnight basis. And that's, that is the role of the Saab. In addition to that, they also agreed to maintain their usual seven-day repo in place, meaning that the supplementary repos are truly supplementary. And then they encouraged banks to clear more amongst each other by reducing the rate that banks earn that when we deposit money back with the Saab to repo minus 200. And then from the 25th of March, they added a longer dated weekly repo with tenor of up to three months and the ability to extend that to 12 months. So significant action to ensure that the system from a liquidity point of view works well. And I suppose the test of that is that if you look what happened in the last, in the last week or so, the Saab has now recently removed the 10 a.m. supplementary repo effectively as a signal to say there is some normality returning back to that environment and it has worked well. The banks themselves enter this crisis in much better shape than the global financial crisis. We don't know the extent and depth of this crisis. We also didn't know that at the time of the global financial crisis. But for the global financial crisis, the banks were the cause. Here, health is the cause that impacts the economy and then obviously the economy impacts banks. But at the same time, governments and regulators know that banks are part of the solution in helping our customers and clients with cash flow shortfalls through this crisis. 
The capital levels across the South African banking system are roughly 40% higher than they were at the time of the global financial crisis. So if I just take Nedbank as an example, we entered the global financial crisis with set one capital level of around about 8%, and that was fine to get us through the global financial crisis. We enter this with a set one of 11.5%, an LCR of 125%, a net stable funding ratio of 113 and sources of quick liquidity across the Nedbank balance sheet of in excess of 225 billion rand. So we don't know how long this lockdown is going to last. We heard last night that, you know, hopefully large parts of our country will move to level three by the end of May. And I think equally importantly that we get some material changes to what is or isn't allowed under level four. There are very definitely challenging times ahead for our economy. We all know that and as a result for banks and the banking system. But the banking sector working alongside our regulators is well prepared to play its part in managing through this crisis and using the buffers that we've built up to help our clients to do the same wherever possible and in so doing, helping the economy to, to recover and saving jobs. Thank you. Thank you for that, Mike. I'm Sean Seeger, and as Ian mentioned, I'll be hosting the rest of today's call. I just seem to live at work these days. It sounds quite good to say that in front of the boss. Truth is, like most of you, I'm just working from home. But with all this extra time I've got, I looked up your previous topics, Mike, of the talks you've done for us over the, the, the past few years. And in 2013, your topic was challenges for banking in the new normal. And... Yeah, all I can say is good luck in facing the challenges of banking in the new, new normal. Negroup Collective Investments is an authorised collective investment scheme manager in terms of the Collective Investment Schemes Control Act. Negroup Investments does not provide advice on financial products and will only give you factual information. For further details on our funds and to view our terms and conditions, please visit negroupinvestments.co.za.